Welcome to the Age of Organizational Effectiveness. This is the podcast that explores stories about organizations and their performance, not just for themselves, but for the common good. I'm your host, Charles Chandler. Today, we're up to episode number 121, and I'm calling it Convergence. In this episode, I'm joined by Deborah Westfall, author of the book Convergence, Technology, Business, and the Human-Centric Future. Deborah has been helping major companies craft their approach to a human-centered future for 30 years. She's a passionate humanist operating in a technology-connected world. And I'm now joined by Deborah Westfall, author of Convergence. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. Thank you, Charles, for having me on your podcast. Hey, it's great to have you with us. You know, we're having this conversation at a time when climate change is in the news, technologies being advanced, new technologies being advanced seemingly every day. And politically, the country seems to be divided on many issues that should not be political. We seem to be living in precarious times. How would you characterize the situation? I am optimistic. I am, uh, I am optimistic and I am, I am hopeful. And, and why I say that is we're, we're in this incredible time where technology is allowing us to connect and have conversations that um, maybe we couldn't have in the past. Maybe we couldn't uh, find the right people. We couldn't find our right tribes. Um, and, and now we can. And, and although it feels to be very disruptive and sometimes very scary, I think these dialogues that we're having in, in some of the, um, you know, this uh, dissidence, if, if you would, is, is very, very important to, to our growth. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I think there is a tremendous amount of kind of searching for answers around climate. You mentioned climate or uh, diversity or, uh, you know, wage uh uh, gap and and I think that the uh, these different perspectives um, and and the dialogue around those are very uh, very positive. Positive outlook certainly helps. Your your book is titled Convergence. So what is converging and and why should we care? So I see three big major forces converging right now, and uh, and one of them is. Uh, humanity. And because of the technology and the communication and information technology that we have accessible uh, now, that uh, people, again, can can connect and to, to like-minded people, to, to different thoughts, different cultures, and have, um, you know, have discussions and then also raise their voices on what is important to them and the shifting values that they have. So that's the first major uh, force that I see converging with um, with another, which is technology. We've got this amazing uh, advancement of, of technology in so many different areas, and um, that being in agriculture or um, water pur- purification or understanding of the, the earth or back to information and, and communication. Um, and uh, technologies with machine learning and AI. So that, that is a nu- another major force that is um, 
converging. And then lastly, I see is this whole idea of what is the purpose of a business? And, and I think for the last, you know, several decades, 40, uh, 50 years, the primary purpose of a business was to maximize shareholder profit. Or if you were, um, you know, a, a sole owner, you were trying to, to make that money. And, um, and, you know, and, and publicly traded companies kind of set the, set the rules for, for everybody else um, as far as how to, to run your business and, and, uh, and organize your business for, for that, that future. So, you know, these three forces are kind of coming together. They're converging. And in some cases, they're out of balance. And I think we need to, to rebalance that. And what do I mean by that? Um, you know, there's lots of different examples, but, um, you know, just consider some of the, the dialogue around how if we bring this technology into our, our companies, we may not need people um, anymore. That, uh, you know, the technology robotics or artificial intelligence will, um, you know, take over the job of, of people. And in some cases, for sure. Um, but what that, uh, what that opens the door for is the possibilities that maybe the people shouldn't have been doing those jobs anyway. <laughs> maybe we use people for the greater, um, you know, greater purpose, which is creativity and innovation and, 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 uh, and problem solving and decision making, which really that technology can't do. So with those three forces converging, um, there is a lot of implications to that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's what we need to be aware of and, and think about that balance. Yeah, certainly you mentioned, uh, you know, business and putting that, uh, um, putting humans at the center of that. And, and the thing about efficiency and technology, maybe pushing out some of those people. So if you argue for putting humans and their need to grow and evolve at the center of business, how is that different from what's commonly happening right now? I think um, if we look at kind of the evolution of business, again, if we look at the evolution of business through the 40s, 50s, 60s uh, on into today, it was really the time of, of industrialization and globalization and, um, and, and really just the, the maturity of, of efficiency around business. So everything was kind of pointed towards that um, modifying modern business to to optimize for that um, that return for that um, that kind of purpose. And um, you know it was it was a different time and uh, and we probably needed to go through that cycle. But now what's different is, We've got 8 billion people on the planet and um, there are some real systematic uh, issues with where we're at with um, you know how we how we manufacture uh, you know products and goods how we transport those how we use water how we think about um, you know our environment how we how we actually think about um, you know, human suffering and, and, uh, and human needs. And so, you know, putting people at kind of the center 
of the thought process gives us a very different view of how to run our, our businesses. And, um, and I think that is something that if you go into any business today, you won't have the discussion primarily around people. Think about your, your board meeting, your monthly uh, status meeting. Are we thinking about some of these bigger issues or are we thinking about um, and reporting on how is the business doing? Yeah, there seems to be an overriding focus on you know the bottom line. And, and it, if you try to bring in a more human-centric uh, approach, is there evidence that some of that is, is happening now in perhaps in small pockets of the economy? Uh, can you point to evidence, let's say scientific or otherwise, that this convergence uh, toward a more human-centric future uh, is, is actually happening? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, I think it's everywhere. I think we can pick up the newspaper on, on any given day and, and see that. Um, right now, what we're um, we're seeing in the news is this uh, this thought to how do we get our workforce, um, how do we get the talent to run our businesses, and um, and how are we going to manage that talent if we would? You know, the the debate around. Do we bring them back into the office? Do we have some kind of hybrid? Um, why aren't people coming back to work? Are we going to get them back to work? <laughs> you know, all of those those different perspectives is really a human centric discussion. Um, you know, there's so many, and just even on on that, it's it's the um, you know mental health and and. Uh, um, how do, you know, why do people work and, and how do we incentivize them? Because, you know, the ways of the past are probably uh, outlived their, their usefulness. You know, there's, there's a, a different dialogue happening here where, where people are saying, my life is worth more than just the paycheck. I need to think about the broader perspective and uh, of how I'm living my life. And, and so businesses have to kind of consider that, um, you know, that dynamic here. Um, and that's, that's just one example. I mean, I think we see the examples of, uh, you mentioned climate. We see those, uh, you know, the, the data there is, we have now CEOs coming together, um, you know, to, to have these discussions about how do we do this? How do we measure this? How do we hold ourselves uh, accountable? Right now, there seems to be a lot of maybe identifying and, and baselining where they're at, but the, but the, the range of trying to understand um, where do we go from here? is is happening and we see it with the increase of um just even many conferences by bloomberg or wall street journal having these dialogues around these these issues and so i think we see it all you know all, everywhere and um to me that's that's pretty encouraging yeah i think there's a you know a widespread reevaluation of what are the what's the purpose of business as you mentioned and, and, you know, your, your book points to the need for greater appreciation of the world that surrounds business uh, to ask the right questions, in a sense, and to see what is relevant going forward. In one part of your book, you're right. We can no longer process knowledge through a belief system that focuses solely on profits. 
or those who benefit from them. And I think you may be talking about owners and their agents who benefit from, from the profits. So think, think in terms of agency theory and Milton Friedman, uh, who had that uh, sort of critic uh, um, piece in, in, in the newspaper back in 1970, uh, saying that really the only uh, the only you know reason for, for business was to produce profit as much profit as possible. Uh, so this brings up the question: What does an owner actually own? You're talking agency theory and and profits. I think you're implying that the social contract with workers has actually changed at the cultural and maybe the institutional levels, although many business owners don't seem to acknowledge these changes. So how do you explain this? So I do think uh, Milton Freeman was very um, influential in his, um, you know, in his thinking. And, and again, uh, during that time of, of industrialization and, and globalization, um, you know, maybe that was the, the spark um, that allowed for some creativity around different, uh, different ways of thinking about business and business models and business structures and, and, and such, um, you know, that was, uh, for the industrial age. Now we're in the, the information age and we're highly connected and we're highly connected globally. We, uh, individually, as well as with the larger, I will use the, the larger term in environment. And so, those kind of considerations now uh, need to be uh, brought into uh, decision making inside of of, uh, of of corporations. And I think, you know, you mentioned the contract with workers. I think it's a contract more with humanity. And um, you know, what is the impact of of business on? On larger, um, you know, larger aspects of of our global society, you know, when a business makes a decision around launching a new product, are they considering the, um, you know, the the impacts of the environment upstream, where, you know, things had minerals had to be mined and workers had to be in those mines. And, you know, are we thinking about those conditions and, and, uh, and that impact? Are we thinking about on the, the back end? Are we thinking about the disposal of these products that, uh, you know, that we're, we're producing? Um, you know, how does that cell phone get, uh, get disposed of after it's no longer no longer of use um how does uh all the cardboard that uh you know from amazon's uh packaging um and shipment uh you know are we thinking about all of that and that impact to um you know to our world because you can take that world and break it down into our markets and if we destroy those markets, we're not going to have businesses for the future. And so taking that longer view is, and broader view, I think is the, the contract. And again, there are, um, you know, there are steps. The, the business roundtable has come out and said, you know, the, the sole purpose is not of a business is not to just maximize shareholder profit. It is to serve larger stakeholders. 
And those stakeholders are the employees and the communities they operate in and, you know, the, the suppliers and, um, you know, and the customers. And so, you know, how do we do that, I think, is the, the question and the evolution that we're going through. But awareness and understanding is that first step. Yeah, I think you're calling on us to open up the dialogue to a much wider frame. Uh, you mentioned supply chains and, and even uh, disposing of waste from uh, products uh, and, and packaging and so on. Um, you know, back in the days of Milton Friedman, I think we were in sort of a linear world where, you know, the bottom line uh, was important and you know, profit uh, was just going up and up. Uh, now we're we're seeing the feedback loops from all of that uh, exuberance, let's say, and and you, re you refer to them somewhat in the, in the supply chain and in the the waste that we're producing now. Those feedback loops. Um, so what you're perhaps what you're getting at in your book is the need to be multi-dimensional rather than unidimensional, and so instead of focusing only on the bottom line or some other metric like that. Uh, you seem to be arguing for the inclusion of all the things that humans care about. Um, certainly, financial and economics is important, uh, but that's not enough. Be human. Be human is more to be concerned also with the social and psychological as, we're, as well as the environmental and spiritual concerns um, that shouldn't be left out. So we're not just economic men or financial women, but lovers of all things human including the full range of human emotions and intellectual pursuits, including concerns for the future going forward, like you mentioned. How would you characterize your main argument in the book to address these issues? So I think, um, I think the addressing is to be aware, because I do believe that humanity, people that are, are shifting um, and will impact business. There is a shift of, of value. I think more and more people are, are concerned about the environment. More and more people are, are wondering what, uh, you know, what is the impact of, of their, those products or those manufacturing, uh, you know, techniques on, on the environment. Um, I mean, I think there's, there's concern about the, the wage gap. Uh, look at the backlash of Jeff Bezos going to space. It, uh, you know, it, on one hand, that's a, you know, it's an incredible feat that will have, um, you know, secondary consequences for, for all of us. I mean, if, if we grow a, uh, a space superhighway, if you would, there will be a way to also create, um, you know, space labs that uh, can manufacture much quicker and cheaper pharmaceuticals for all of us here on on earth so there are these these um you know these these second order uh benefits to us but the backlash was well you know good for these billionaires taking taking a ride a carnival ride up in, up into space and so you know i think there's um that that raising of the voices and the shifting of uh, of values is is putting pressure on on business to to react. Um, a couple years ago, um, you know, Gerda Thunberg, um, you know, a young sixteen year old girl, 
um, using social media and, and uh, you know, she created a movement and people listened. You know, there were, there were the people on the other side of the aisle that kind of, you know, kind of poo-pooed it and, and, and such. But, but actually, the more these voices um, are heard, the more business have to um, take notice. And, um, you know, I think there's, you do that because you need these people to be, uh, to be a successful business, but there's also this idea that you, you need to, uh, you need to do this as a business leader, because again, if we're doing things that are going to damage the markets in which we operate, then, then we're not really leading our organization to success. We're just, you know, we're just taking short-term, uh, short-term gains uh, for a long-term possible disaster. So, I, I really, um, you know, I think that shifting mindset, we are starting to see it in little pockets and uh, little movements. I do think that the longer term is really to understand the bigger impact that we're making, not just the processes that we're, you know, that we're, we're doing today, but what is the real impact? And are we, are we truly changing the, the, the direction of where we're going? Yeah, I like your contrast between the voice of Je- Jeff Bezos, who seemed a bit tone deaf after coming back from space, um, and, and the voice of, of Greta. Thunberg, you mentioned uh, the the soft voice that uh, many many people took notice of because of the way that she uh, made her points. So I think there's a, there is, as you say, soft voices that we need to listen to out there, and I think that's what you argue for largely in your book. But suppose that business owners took all of your ideas, all of your proposals on board uh, after reading the book. What would change on Monday morning? Well, I think it's a journey of, of uh, I, I think this is a journey. I don't think there is um, a set of, a, a list of 10 things that you must must do. And, and I think the first one is to acknowledge that something has shifted, that something that, uh, you know, the, that people uh, globally are having, uh, more impact um, and in power uh, inside our companies and outside our companies. And, and to recognize that that human system, if you would, is something that we have to interact with in a very, very different way. I think the, the next thing that, uh, that happens is, is to, to really understand how we got here. You know, how did modern business get to where um, it, it, it is. Why do we make the decisions that we make? Um, you know, how is it that we run our businesses with these processes that have been benchmarked off of each other and, and learned in MBA school? And, and, uh, and, and that is, you know, what was expected of us. Um, now we're being asked a very different set of, of expectations to, to fulfill. And, um, and how are we going to do that? Because the organization that we have has not been optimized around that. It's been optimized around a very different purpose, which was efficiency 
and um, effectiveness and in and financially um, kind of driven. And now it's it's broader. And and so you know understanding that that gap uh, of where we need to go, I think is is really important. Um, I think there's some self-awareness as a leader that uh, needs to go along with that, that says, you know, I have, I have some, you know, I have some experiences, I have some biases, I have some belief systems about how this works. Maybe these aren't the right things for taking my organization into the future. And so there's a real self-awareness and, and some real kind of understanding of, of the challenge that they personally are going to have to make going, uh, going forward. And then you just, um, you know, I think it's a, a dialogue with your, your employees and, um, and those, those stakeholders to say, where should we be going? Because you can't, you can't start solving everything at one time. It's, it is where should you focus first as a business to really start on this journey of being human centric and, um, you know, and how are you going to, um, how are you going to uniquely go there? Because not, there's not one answer for all, all businesses. You know, you could start with something simple as a, a water, uh, you know, taking water as um, in water management, you know, 10%, about 10% of, of all companies that, uh, um, you know, manufacture anything or produce anything have a water management strategy. Maybe that's where you start is, is to really look at, um, you know, that issue. Maybe you, you start with um, real inclusion of, of employees and, uh, and what does that mean and how do we think about that? Um, you know, that's gonna take a very different view of what HR does. HR today doesn't, um, really isn't human centric in my mind. And so, you know, how do we, how do we truly change the organization to make that more human centric? So I think that's what changes on Monday morning is, um, oh yeah, we need to not be on this, the same kind of treadmill that we've always been on, that we have to really reassess what modern business is going forward. Yeah, you've raised a lot of questions there. Back to water, which you, you brought up, and certainly water is becoming in short supply uh, throughout the world. Uh, and, you know, business owners can't just continue to focus on the bottom line and neglecting issues like water and, and air quality and so many other things. So I think you're asking us to look much more broadly and to reassess, certainly on Monday morning, whether what we're actually doing uh, is, is leading us toward the cliff that, uh, that we might all be going over at some point. Um, so certainly we can't continue to make money if we neglect the needs of our human system. How would you sum up that lesson? You know, it's... Uh, um... <sighs> This is this is a really hard kind of concept to, um, in some cases, to, to to think about because it feels um, 
you know, it feels very macro. It feels um, like there are so many issues that we need to, um, you know, to focus on. I think it also feels like in some cases that people, um, people will say, uh, business leaders will say, well, look, well, I'm already doing this. I have a um, corporate responsibility, uh, you know, focus and and I'm I'm working sustainability but um, you know I think the challenge here is over the last 20 years there's been a hundred times fold of companies reporting on their sustainability and their their ESG uh, initiatives but in that same 20 years um, even though there's been you know some $30 trillion kind of focused on, on that, those efforts, we still have, we're, we're increasing carbon emissions. We're increasing the environmental, um, you know, impact that, that our businesses have. The wage gap has continued to, to, to grow. And so if we're doing all the right things already, why do we still have problems and why are those problems growing? And so, you know, to me, it really is stopping uh, and, 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 and bringing some thought into not just what we're doing, but the impact that we're truly making. And, um, and to me, that uh, to, to make that change, you really have to look inside into what you're doing as an organization because the day-to-day -day decisions that we're making are keeping us on the same pathway uh, forward. They're not, they're not creating that change. Yeah, I think you're arguing for not just checking the boxes and uh, you know, saying that we've covered ESR or ESG, uh, corporate social responsibility and the environment, social and governance. Um, you know, these are things that you can do, let's say on the surface, but it comes down to what actually is, is driving the business and motivating the business and what are the real objectives, not just what it says on your website, but you look at your trajectory, where are you actually headed? So I think, I think your call for that widening of the discussion is a good one. We're coming to the end of our time here, but what have we not covered that you'd like to leave us with, Deborah? So I think the the uh, the future of business is both profitable and responsible, and um, I think it is, uh, you know, it it does put the humans in the center. And when I say humans, it's it's those people that are inside your organization and outside your organization. It's beyond just the customers because there's people outside your customer sphere that really impact your, your business. And so, you know, make decisions um, that aren't just solely to optimize profit, but to optimize a larger concept of, of value delivery. And, um, you know, I think it's going to take a, a very different leader to lead in the future, one that, um, you know, leads with um, a little bit uh, more heart um, than maybe in, in the past and, um, and has the courage to, uh, to, to challenge some of these assumptions that we've all grown up believing are the way um, that we manage. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, we need 
we need uh, people to kind of lean in and uh, you know and take that uh, take that challenge. It's you know it's not going to be easy, and there's no single answer. But I I do think there are uh, leaders out there that are starting to to do this, and uh, you know what they're going to make mistakes, but that's okay. It's uh, it's needed because we're we're creating a very different uh, business environment for the future. Yeah, I think you're calling on all of us to be more human, for one thing, deliver value, but in a human way, not just um, the the financial side of it, uh, and a different type of leader that uh, that leans forward and and has a broad view. So thanks very much for being with us today, Deborah. It's been a great pleasure. And uh, we'll hope to have you back at some time uh, for another book. Yeah, thank you, Charles. Thank you very much. And, and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. And that's about it for this episode. Join us again next time when we'll hear more stories about organizations and their performance, not just for themselves, but for the common good. In the meantime, you can access all of our podcast episodes at our website, ageoe.com. I'm your host, Charles Chandler, saying so long for now.